This is Small Business as Usual, a program about the art of operating small enterprises and the issues faced by the owners. It's a presentation of the Community Economic Development Fund in Meriden, Connecticut. I'm Frederick Welk, a business advisor for CEDF clients. The Community Economic Development Fund is a nonprofit lender providing financing to qualified small businesses in Connecticut that can't obtain traditional bank financing. More about CEDF at the end of the program. This episode is about processes and systems. Every business needs to be organized, but small businesses are famous for just making it up as they go along. On one hand, this can lead to explosions of creativity that burst out of the minds of people that don't like to be bridled by too many policies and rules. But for other types of organizations, this freestyle approach would bring ruin. What they need are processes, which are the conceptual steps for how to get work done. Processes fit into systems that include both the physical aspects of your business and the concepts that bring value to your customers. You probably know that there's an entire industry that revolves around helping primarily larger companies improve processes and systems, and the information age has brought special meaning to the terms. But how does a small business make use of these ideas to achieve efficiency without bogging down? There can be great debates about the risks and advantages of being process-driven or people-driven. So I went looking for someone who's an expert on processes who happens to rely on them to run a business that's all about people. My name's Caleb Rosemay, and my wife, Samantha, and I own a home care agency, Assured Quality Home Care. We specialize in helping the senior population age and grace in their home. We're located here in North at 282 Franklin Street. I've learned that processes and systems can be a great thing and they can also be a bad thing. So some organizations is all process and systems driven and they neglect the actual people driving the process and the systems. So every process and system needs to also take into account that you have employees and they do need flexibility and they also need to be able to impact those processes and systems easily if they don't reflect or get in the way of accomplishing the tasks that they are doing. And processes and systems are great because they can offer you a greater level of repeatability. So there's some places where a process and system can't be negotiated and there are other places where they probably can be negotiated. So if you're in McDonald's, you need to fry the French fries a certain way. There's no flexibility there. But if you're working the cash register, you should have the flexibility in terms of how to greet a customer. So you should have some expectations in place that it's a friendly greeting and that you give that customer time to make an order, but you can't specify something like, well, the customer has to make an order within five seconds. That's where you need flexibility within a process or system. But as I said, there's other areas where there should be no flexibility. When you have an organization that provides a service of caring for people, it seems inevitable that there might be collisions between the people-focused personalities of the caregivers and the process-driven disciplines that are required to ensure quality. I wondered about this and the impact on the management of putting processes and systems in place as opposed to doing everything on the fly. Well, what happens is that you have to define what quality is Everybody's definition of quality is totally different. So you consider 
high quality care to include sitting and eating with the client. That's your quality standard. Somebody else may see that quality doesn't include, you know, sitting and eating meals with the client. So the conflict can be if you're not really laying out the expectations, they can understand what you consider quality to be. And obviously, if a caregiver, um, who's essentially your team member, would see that there's a way to increase the level of quality of service a client's receiving, you should be open to hearing it and applying it if that's so. Systems give people a degree of flexibility if you build it that way. So not having systems and managing everything on the fly is going to drive you to the grave. It's going to cause a high stress life. And you're going to find that the more you grow, the worse your quality is going to be. So if you are trying to really build and grow a lasting company, then in a company where people are receiving the same level of service or similar level of service, regardless of where they're at or what caregiver is providing the care, then you need to have systems so that way they can receive the same level of service. One example would be that we have a five-step startup process for every shift. Every caregiver understands when they arrive in a client's home that there's five tasks that they have to accomplish so that way they can understand what the care for the day involves and they can also communicate with any other caregivers so that way the pertinent information is passed on to them. So that means regardless of what client or what caregiver is involved, those five steps will be accomplished. And what that does for us is that helps to ensure that the staff understands what they need to be doing and what the goals for that shift is. I used to work at Electroboat as a quality assurance engineer. And so part of a major responsibility for that job was to audit other companies. You know, these companies would make material and send them to Electric Boat for installation on the submarines. I didn't inspect material, I inspected processes because the process will also determine whether or not the material you're getting is the right material. So I would spend time looking at a company's policies, procedures, and their processes for making material. And if that process was a good enough process, we would not only get one or two items correctly, we would get all of the items correctly. And so that's where that prepared me. And then I got into process engineering, where it's all about developing processes to help ensure consistency and evaluating data to see whether or not you're getting what you're expecting and identifying other areas for improvement. I asked Caleb if his background as an industrial process engineer made it easier to devise systems at his company. Well, I would say yes and no. It's just like being a parent. It's easy to see other parents and tell them what they need to do. But when you become the parent, you know, all of a sudden you find yourself doing things that you were telling other parents not to do. So the experience helps me understand. But also I do think that it's helped us to be better structured. I feel that we can continue to improve on our level of structure. So, yeah. Caleb and Samantha were forward-looking enough to realize that an outside expert could help them with the structure of their organization. 
I asked what the impact was on the continued development of their systems and processes. Anytime you have an outsiders looking in on your organization or business, there's a tremendous benefit to that. So they can give you an unbiased opinion. Now, having somebody come and take a look at the structure of our organization was vital because as a small business owner, we're so caught up with running left and right. We never really have a chance to take a look at how we're structuring ourselves as we're growing. And just simply adding people into your office isn't going to solve your issues. As a matter of fact, it typically magnifies those issues if you don't have the proper structure in place. And so having this individual come and work with our organization, what it's done for us is it's allowed us to have more structure in terms of how we go about doing our day-to-day -day business. Everyone understands their roles more clearly and how they fit in the overall picture of how the agency functions. And they're also able to see in a quick glance how decisions are made in the agency. So it provides a great deal of clarity and it has tremendously freed up myself as well as my wife who is the CEO to focus on other projects and also focus on what the values we bring to this organization are. In the past, the stereotype was that in large industries there wasn't much information passed down to the factory floor. It was on a need-to-know basis. Home care is one of the fastest growing sectors in the nation's economy, but the frontline employees providing that care typically don't have high levels of academic education. Still, it can be vitally important for everyone to understand the big picture. I asked Caleb how he accomplishes this. People buy in when they understand how they fit in the overall scheme of things. So if you're asking someone to accomplish a task in a certain manner, or report information to you a certain way and they don't know why they're doing it that way, then they won't be as committed to, nor will they take it as serious in regards to why you want things a certain way. But once they're able to see the overall picture and why they're giving you information or they're performing a certain test in a certain manner, what happens is that's where you get the buy-in. It's tremendous in regards to the way that you no longer are fighting with individuals instead they're working with you everyone's involved with the overall picture and even if they don't need to see it every day but allowing them to see the overall picture makes them feel as if they're part of it and they're not just another cog or another person in the wheel in the organization so a perfect example would be clocking in. Our caregivers have to clock in when they arrive at the client's house. They know that we know that they're at the client's house. So in the past, we had an issue where caregivers would arrive and the client would be there and they'd just start to chat with the client and they'd forget to clock in or else they'd clock in 15, 20, 30 minutes later. And then also the caregivers would leave and forget to clock out when it was time to leave. And we had been wrestling with them to clock in on a timely manner as soon as they arrive go right for the phone clock in 
make sure you clock out. We were struggling to get cooperation in that. So we ended up having an all hands meeting and it was during the all hands meeting we explained to them how not clocking in and clocking out affected their scheduler because now this person is spending time chasing the caregivers to know the exact time that they arrived at the client's house because they do look at the bills and how it affected the bills also where clients were oftentimes coming back and contesting a bill and saying they don't remember the caregiver coming in at the time that it states in the bill or the caregiver leaving at the time that they stated. But obviously, if it was done using the client's home phone, there's no room for contest. So once the caregivers understood the importance of clocking in and out in regards to their paychecks being correct and not delayed, the client's bills being correct, and also how it made the scheduler's job tremendously easier because she was no longer chasing people to clock in and out they started to do that and it's i would say at the very least it's freed up our scheduler an hour and a half each day just because the caregiver is buying into that rule some businesses rely on written documentation to accomplish compliance with processes but there are others where training is much more customarily done on a show and tell basis i asked caleb how they manage the compliance effort and what the impact of government regulation is in an industry that has plenty of it Obviously, writing down your process is great because it's now documented and you can refer back to it. You can give it to someone if you're not there. They can go to it. But if you're not able to write it down, I mean, all of these tests I'm going to talk about, it's even better when you do them all. So writing down is one aspect. But if you can't write down, then you should already have built-in limitations into your system that forces people to do things that you would like them to do. So one example of that could be if you require certain information about a client to be inputted into the system, you make it so that if there's no values in those fields, a person cannot proceed with inputting the client into the system. So that's a actual built-in way of forcing people to do things that that concern you being compliant or just making the way you do business flow. Written down checklists, if you can, is great. And then also having designated subject matter experts within your office that can mentor, coach, and train other individuals in regards to how things are done. Well, I think if you're trying to run a business and you're trying to get your best return on investment, you're not going to let regulations drive your actions, but instead the thought of having a business that runs better, delivers better service, is and consistently delivers better service, and is here for the long haul, I think that should be the motivation. Regulations, the thing about regulations is sometimes they're good and sometimes they make absolutely no sense. So regulations is something that you don't have a choice, you just have to do that. Otherwise, you can't be in business. Now, the companies that go beyond regulation are the companies that strive and excel because now they're going and they're implementing things that allow them to be a company that adds value in the market and a company that's recognized for their greatness or how they do things so well. Many thanks to Caleb Rosemey for explaining how he is using processes and systems to build his home care organization. You can learn more about Assured Quality Home Care at asqhomecare.com. Thanks to Foshan Roots and Bandris for our music. Our theme is by Orchestral Movement of 1932. 
Small Business as Usual is presented by the Community Economic Development Fund, a nonprofit organization which provides enterprises in Connecticut with term loans, lines of credit, and commercial mortgages when they can't get traditional bank financing. For the fifth year in a row, we're Connecticut's top SBA microlender. We make business term loans at very nominal interest rates, as small as a few thousand dollars, and larger business loans too from a pool of loan capital provided by many of the state's leading banks. There are geographic and or income qualification requirements for the borrowers. You can find out more about all of this at CEDF.com. And this episode of Small Business as Usual is available there. It's number 18-4. So Caleb, what's it like having your wife as the CEO of the company? can be a great thing and they can also be um, 